0: Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, presenting a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher C.H. Spurgeon and found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, The Dross Purged. The text is Zechariah 13 and verse 9. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people. And they shall say, The Lord is my God." Grace transmutes us into precious metal, and then the fire and the furnace follow as a necessary consequence. Do we start at this? Would we sooner be accounted worthless that we might enjoy repose like the stones of the field? That would be to choose the viler part, like Esau, to take the pottage and give up the covenant portion. No, Lord. We will gladly be cast into the furnace, rather than be cast out from thy presence. The fire only refines, it does not destroy. We are to be brought through the fire, not left in it. The Lord values his people as silver, and therefore he is at pains to purge away their dross. If we are wise, we shall rather welcome the refining process than decline it. Our prayer will be that our alloy may be taken from us, rather than that we should be withdrawn from the crucible. O Lord, Thou triest us indeed. We are ready to melt under the fierceness of the flame. Still, this is Thy way, and Thy way is the best. Sustain us under the trial, and complete the process of our purifying, and we will be Thine forever. As believers in Jesus Christ seek to witness to the unsaved, they are frequently met by a variety of questions. These might include such queries as, Why did Christ have to be God? Did God create evil? Or, How do we know that the Bible is the Word of God? Dr. Cairns answers these and many other questions on a DVD presentation called Q&A with Alan Cairns. In all, Dr. Cairns responded to over 50 such concerns. We're happy to be able to provide you, free of charge, a DVD containing all of these video portions, about five hours of guidance from God's Word for problems which face the 21st century Christian. You may have a copy simply by requesting it. Just ask for the DVD, Q&A with Alan Cairns, You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you wish, you may write us at Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Here's an excellent way to provide scriptural answers to family and friends regarding the challenging questions facing believers in this day. On today's broadcast, Doctor Cairns will conclude a message on a subject which has perplexed many of God's people through the years—the matter of the leading of the Holy Spirit. He has been emphasizing three important words that are the infallible indication of the Holy Spirit's leading: God's Word, God's Way, and God's Will. Today, Doctor Cairns applies the truth of the substance of the Spirit's leading as he speaks of the significance of that leading and its implications for both the saved and the unsaved. Now, Dr. Cairns will conclude this message, The Leading of the Holy Spirit.
1: The
2: Spirit illuminates the mind with the Word of God. Then he works obedience in the heart to the Word of God. And then he leads us in the will of God. There's a, a verse that would well repay your study in Genesis 24-27. The words of Eliezer, the servant Of Abraham, who was on his way to obtain a wife for Isaac. And when he got there, and he found that he had gone straight to the very woman that the Lord had for Isaac, he stood back in amazement. And these were his words. I, being in the way, the Lord led me was in the way of the knowledge of the word that his master had given him he was in the way of obedience to that word he was in the way of prayer for he had taken time to get down before God and commit this to the Lord he was in the way of faith for having committed it to the Lord he rolled the burden onto his God and being in the way the Lord led him I want to tell you, my friend, there's first the Word, then there's the way, then there's the leading in specific areas. You desire God's will. And if you're diligent to get to know the Scripture and what the Bible has to say upon it, and if you're willing to obey this book, whatever it says, The Holy Spirit of God has committed Himself to give you light from heaven, to give you a conviction of the heart and of the mind and of the will. He'll show you what the will of the Lord is. He says in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, in order that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The trouble with so many Christians who don't know what it is to live in God's will is that they want God's will when it suits them, and they want to go the way of the world at other times. You can't have God's will and be living in defiance to God's word. You can't have God's will and be living After a carnal fashion. You're going to walk outside of God's will. And I tell you when a Christian deliberately walks outside of the will of God. That Christian's courting disaster. I've seen it happen again and again and again. Remember a young woman. The little church I grew grew up in in Belfast. As a Christian she had everything going for her. She had a beautiful singing voice. She sang with not only vocal beauty and power, but with tremendous spiritual power. When she sang, God spoke. She had tremendous personality. She was not the most beautiful girl in the world, though I think most girls were even happy to look as she looked, but she was not the most beautiful girl in the world. But when she spoke, the light of glory seemed to shine from her face. She had a testimony that spoke to people. When God saved her, she was engaged to be married to a very ungodly fellow, a man who hated the gospel, a man whose heart was much against the things of God. She broke off the engagement and said, "I can't deliberately step in to uh, a union with somebody who's an enemy of God." That's the stand she took, and God blessed her. And God used her. Then came the time when the defenses got weakened. She began to reevaluate. Well, is it the will of God for me not to marry this? Maybe it's God's will that I should. Maybe it's God's will this. Maybe it's God's will the other thing. No matter what the Bible said. She lost out with God and came to the place where her best friends could no longer speak to her. She wouldn't listen. She cut herself off. She went ahead and she did get married. I believe with all my heart that girl's a saved girl. She has spent the last 25 years in misery. Oh, that's not that there's not forgiveness with God. There is forgiveness with God. But she, to use the old saying, she made a bed, she has to lie in it. It's caused her much heartbreak, many tears. So many Christians And they want God's will, yes, but they want their own will. If you want God's will, there are two things that are necessary. One is waiting on the Lord over God's word. And the other is walking with the Lord in God's way. Don't just go by feelings. Don't just go by circumstances. Don't just go by things. Don't just go even by texts of Scripture. In fact, I would tell you to be very careful about taking texts of Scripture and spiritualizing them to mean something else and then saying, this is the will of God. Now, do not misunderstand me. When the Lord starts to lead, He will touch your feelings. He will touch the circumstances. And He will very often... Even use his word to speak to you right out of the book and he will make a text of scripture appeal to you in a peculiar manner. The Lord will do that. But this is all the result of waiting on the Lord over the word and walking with the Lord in his way. We have got to get back to the centrality of the Holy Spirit in this matter. The Holy Spirit of God must be the one who leads us first to the word then in the way of holiness if you're walking in the light of the word in the way of holiness it's impossible for you not to be led in the way of God's will for your life it's impossible now that's the substance of the leading of the spirit we close this morning just a word about the significance of it. I want you to notice what the text says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Because all the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now, the whole Argument here is Christian assurance. How can I be sure that I am among the sons of God? How can I be sure that I am saved? There are various tests given to us in Romans chapter 8. I haven't time to go down them all this morning. But one vital test is the leadership of the Spirit of God in the life. If a man is led by the Spirit, then that man is a child of God. And if a man is not led by the Spirit, then he's not a child of God. So here then is the test. Now, we are not sinners. Let's get that in our minds, because if you're going to follow the ghost of sinless perfection. You'll never amount to anything in God's work. We're not sinless. But let's ask ourselves the question, do I desire God's word? Do I have a regard for God's word? Does the word of God determine my whole outlook on life? in this book of God, does that provide for me the framework within which I interpret the whole of existence and within which I seek to live out my life? As I come to this book to be led by the Spirit, do I honestly, chiefly desire the glory of God and the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there within my soul a desire to be like Christ? You know, if there's a desire to be like Christ, there'd be an awareness of sin. There'd be a hatred of sin. There'd be tears over sin. There'd be brokenness over sin. There'd be times when we come to God and there's this awful weight upon His Lord. We have failed you miserably. But all we long to be like Christ, Now, that's the leading of the Spirit. That's the mind of the Spirit. I suppose there's one simple way to sum it all up. If you're led by the Spirit, there'll be evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. Is there the fruit of the Spirit in my life? The Lord Jesus Christ Said that every branch that bears not fruit is cut off. Why? Because it, it may be professedly a branch. It may be uh, the case of a man who is professing to be a Christian and he's in the visible organism of the church, but he's not got the life of Christ within him and there's no fruit. So many Christians and so many preachers take the fruit to be simply soul winning. Let me tell you, that is not true. There are more Christians running around the North American continent today forcing people to make decisions for Christ in order to relieve their own guilt and in order to prove to themselves that they're truly saved. That's not how to prove you're saved. You'll never prove to yourself you're a child of God simply because you've led others to Christ. The Lord Jesus spoke in Matthew 7 to people who have done more than that. He says, uh, I never knew you. And yet they say, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works. My friends, you can never prove that you are truly saved by your service. You do not see it because of your service. No, no. The fruit, I'm not against Christian soul winning, and I wish God's people all success in winning people for Christ. Truly. But the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is given in nine particulars. I preached on them some weeks ago. Production of the Holy Ghost within the life. Love. If any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. I'm being honest with you. You can be a Protestant. If you don't love Christ, God curses you to hell. You can be a Presbyterian or a Baptist or whatever you will. You can be Baptist once or a hundred times. If you love not our Lord Jesus Christ, God says, Anathema, the very first fruit of the Spirit is love. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, have not this love and become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You may have all knowledge. You may have all gifts. But my friend, if you do not have the fruit of the Spirit, if there is no love for Christ, no desire of heart for His glory, there is no salvation, there is joy. Christians can rejoice. Christians do rejoice. Oh, they mourn over themselves. As I said some weeks ago, Christians boast. If you can't boast, you're not a Christian. Sounds strange? The difference between the Christian and the ungodly man. The ungodly man boasts in man. The Christian boasts in Christ. Rejoices in Christ. Peace. Peace with God. Through the imputed righteousness of Christ. Peace from God through the indwelling spirit. Long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Ah, my friend, the Holy Ghost, when he comes into the light, while he doesn't immediately make us sinless, he does make a difference. Fruit of the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under law, but you're justified freely by grace. Let me ask you, my friend, are you led by the Spirit? Because if any man have not the Spirit, he is none of Christ's. May God truly write His Word upon every heart. I trust today if you're not saved you've only got a religion that touches the outside but not the inside you'll go and get on your knees before God today and cry Lord make me truly thy indwelt and led by the Spirit of God if you are a Christian you ask the Lord for leading into and through the word into God's way, and into the very center of God's will.
0: You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. one 864 That's one Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, dot fpcna.org that's www.fpcna.org this is charles kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the bible speak